And, you know, I, I'll help people before they get married and I'll say, listen, we got to take care of this because it might not be here now, but, you know, wait a year from now. And now, coming to you from the K2 Studios in San Diego, California, it's the world-famous Chris and Christine Show. Hey, what's happening, everybody? Hey, how you doing out there today? Thank you for listening, and I am Chris. And I'm Christine, and welcome to episode 73 of the Chris and Christine Show. Do-do-do-do. Do-do-do-do-do. 73rd episode. Check that out. That sounds amazing. 73 episodes? Wow. I know. It's like, I don't know. I've been thinking about how long our podcast has been going, and what are we going to do when it's like, Episode 173. Well, well, first, we got to get to episode 100 first. And I, <gasps> and I was kind of wondering, for our 100th episode, we have to like do something big, like some big, like something huge, you know? Yeah, I was trying to think of how many weeks it is until the 100th episode. And I guess it would be like, is it 17, 27? Oh, my brain hurts. Can't I'm trying figure, to do figure math. Out the math. Okay, <laughs> 100 minus 73 is what? That's exactly what I was trying to do in my head. And it started to hurt. I think it's 27. So 27 weeks from now, that's like six months plus a few weeks. So we're talking about July. <gasps> Maybe it'll be like 4th of July and we could actually do fireworks. That would be fun. Well, on the podcast? Well, no. <laughs> like bang, bang, bang. <laughs> no, people can't see them. But I was just thinking about like, maybe we could like go somewhere and shoot off a firework that like goes into the air and is like, Chris and Christine. Psh! Wow. Check that. That'd be fat. That'd be spectacular. Would, I, I would yes. love to see that. Yes. Could definitely. be fantacular. Fantacular, spectacular, <laughs> spent, yeah, all that good stuff. So, well, I, hey, I was going to ask you a question, but what's you up, baby? go first. No, you go, no, ladies first, of oh, course. Well, thank you. I was going to ask you how your podtastic audio is going along. It is going podtastic. Yes, it's it is. It's actually doing great. Thank you very much. I just finished the second episode last week. It was episode two. Which I broke down microphones, Ooh. and I actually dove a little bit into what we used when we first started this podcast. At episode one, to, I think episode one to twenty, I think is when we used the original microphones. Do you remember the original ones we used? Um, yes. If yeah. I say yes, is that gonna make yeah, you happy? Just say, just say yes, yes. Yes, I'm nodding. Yes, yeah, I remember. Yeah, the original, of course. Yes, they were so great. Well, okay, they were very cheap, but they were really great. So I did talk about those microphones and the uh, brand that we used for those microphones. And then I also dove into what we use today. And I didn't go too deep on the other gear, just mostly on microphones. And just basically trying to tell everybody that, yeah, you can make a podcast sound great with cheap stuff. Yeah. You know? It was a great episode. You were a cute nerd on the episode. You were nerding out so hard. Well, look for Podtastic Audio and um, episode two. Like I said, it's out right now about microphones. I am officially in Apple Podcasts. Woohoo! That was the big thing this week. And who found you first? Christine found me. But although Christine found me in Apple Podcasts, I cannot find myself in Apple Podcasts. You can't find yourself? Do you need a therapist to help you find yourself? Probably. Will they help me find me <laughs> find me an Apple Podcast? <laughs> well, I sent you the link and I subscribed and you already got one review. I know. Crazy. This is amazing, wonderful lady left me a How do you know it's a lady? Well, I I, I could be a guy. I don't know. <laughs> but uh I got one review and it's a five star, the best of the best. Thank you. Thank you, random listener out there. I, I don't know who it is that may or may not live with me. <laughs> well, I had to give you a five-star review after that second episode because it was really, it was great. I was going to say fantastic, but that's your word. And I was just really proud of you. You were a very cute nerd. And what's the word for a person that nerds out over audio? Audiophile? Yes, I think it's what it's called. Okay. Yes, I don't yes. know. That just sounds inappropriate to me, but you were definitely an audiophile or microphone file or some kind of a file. Well, yeah, although I did not break it down to like the super deep nerd talk with microphones and like the pickup patterns a little bit, but not like the polarizing patterns of like the microphone. Oh, you mean like you are right now? A little bit, yeah. <laughs> but I didn't go that deep, really. I just did a very general, broad scope of microphones and that sort of stuff. So, well, what's your hope with this podcast? You know, like, are you like trying to make it to like be on the Today Show or like what are you, what is your goal? Okay, here's what I'm thinking about doing. I'm just basically trying to help new podcasts out if they want to get started and they don't know what direction to do or how to even do it correctly or they do it, but it doesn't sound quite right. 
I'm just going to show you what we have done on this show to make it sound spectacular. Well, by you saying we, it really means you because I just no, show up and look pretty and talk into the microphone. That, that is true. That and is what, I bling out my mic stand, which is covered in rhinestones. That's it. That's how you do it. I forgot to tell you. It's a big tip. I'm saving that tip for the final episode of the mm-hmm. show. You're welcome. It's season, called uh, DIY Your Microphone. You're welcome. Season finale is mm-hmm. going to be all about blinging your microphone. And right I'm going to be on there and be like, first you plug in the hot glue gun. And then you bedazzle. <laughs> bedazzle your microphone. That's how you get it. Make it sound great, by yeah, the way. Yeah, because it's like Britney Spears. That's how you do it. That's yeah, how you do it. Totally awesome. What I think what I'm going to do, though, is is after I kind of run out of like things to talk about of how we do our show. Wait, you run out of things to talk about? <laughs> I know. I might. It, it's a possibility. I thought about this. Never. What I might end up doing, it's just a, I might throw it on the wall is thinking that maybe, just maybe, I might start turning it into like a review show. Where other podcasts like email me their podcast, and then possibly I could put be like, let me just like review your show, and then maybe like see you know like we give you tips or pointers or something like that. Okay, so honest question: Do you feel like, and I love you, and I don't mean this in a hurtful way, and I'm going to preface this by saying you are more of a glass half empty kind of person when it comes to how you see the world. Are you trying to say that I would give negative reviews? <laughs> My question is, what kind of structure would you put in place to balance your feedback and ensure it's positive, constructive, growth mindset feedback? Uh, you know, that's a good question. Um, like I said, it's all in the drafting stages right now. I'm just thinking about this stuff on the fly. So if I do go into a review show, I might be able to maybe be a little critical but also at the same time give positive feedback and maybe give suggestions on how you can tweak a few things here and there that's all i'm trying to do all i'm trying to do is kill bad audio podcasts (laughs) i want to just crush them to the ground um that sounds very um helpful Yeah, it's because... Let me just smash you. No, smash you. <laughs> well, I'm so glad that your episode two was really great, and I know you can nerd out forever, but if you want to hear more about Chris's goals and vision and his desire to support you, then you need to hop on over and subscribe to Podtastic Audio across lots of different channels, and Apple, if you can find it, and if not, Instagram message us and I'll send you the link. There you go. The link. Link to Apple. Absolutely. So, Christine, how has your last week has been with work? Well, let's not even just talk about with work. Let's talk about how my last week has been. So, the morning that the last week's episode launched, I got an interesting phone call that you got to help me talk through and I got a very interesting job offer on Sunday morning. Right, Chris? Are you talking about the job that was literally, and I mean literally, (laughs) on the other side of the planet? Yeah. So I got called by a former mentor of mine and offered, uh, he was my boss and my former mentor still is my mentor to a certain extent. And Offered a job uh, all the way around the world that would require us to up and you know, move our family. Well, that's a quite a commute. I mean, how do you hit fight traffic on that kind of drive? You know what I'm saying? Well, that's the thing is it would require us to completely relocate our entire life and uh, to the Middle East, which is definitely not the most um, San Diego appropriate climate for us. Well, I heard it's pretty similar to the desert, though, out here. You know, it's like if, right. you, if you can live out in the local deserts, you probably can handle the Middle East. Right, but it was a very, very flattering offer, and um, yeah, it was kind of interesting to think through. And then uh, also on Sunday afternoon, we had a very small for just the cousins and our boys and one friend, two friends, a little birthday gathering for Jacob and Ezekiel, and we surprised the boys. Well, yeah. we surprised Ezekiel with a game track, right, Chris? That was the big surprise. If you remember on our last episode, we had this big, massive surprise going to happen. The big surprise was we rented a video game trailer truck uh Yeah, it was rig. called Games on Wheels. And they bring this big like trailer, and inside the trailer, they got all these video game screens and all Xbox, PlayStation, Nintendo Wii switches, what are they called? And they had the uh, what's the thing with the drums and the guitar, guitar, guitar hero and drum hero. Right, they had all that stuff inside the trailer and tons of screens, and, and, and the kids had a blast playing that stuff. Right, yeah, they had a lot of fun, and Ezekiel was really surprised. And then 
Uh, we had pizza and ice cream sundaes, and it was a really fun day, especially with kiddos having going through gone through so much during COVID. It gave us a chance to really like enjoy some time with them and let them just play and have fun in the safety of our own home. And um, I really enjoyed that, and it was pretty easy cleanup. And then you know, through this week, work has been really busy, and I'm back in school full time, and I'm working on my dissertation and really working on my research, and so it's just been. A very, um, I wouldn't say hectic, but it's hopping. I'm keeping pretty busy and, you know, working really long days. And because I have to do these interviews for my dissertation, I have to do what's called flexing my hours. So I have to make sure I get in my eight or nine hours a day, which means if I have two interviews during the day, then I start work at like 6 a.m. till 10, take a break, do some interviews, and then I end up working until like 1130 or midnight to get all of my hours in. So it's only for two weeks because the interviews will be done by next week. And once I hit that milestone, what then next? I am just able – that means I have all of my data and I have everything that I need to be able to complete the rest of my dissertation. It'll take time to write. But yeah, it's just getting so close. And guess what else happened yesterday? What, baby? What happened? I got a special delivery at the house and I oh, sent you a picture. Oh, yeah. I know what it was. Yeah, I got my graduation. It's called regalia. That's the fancy word for it. But what it is, is I got my official USC graduation robe and my hood, which is what you get bestowed upon you to show that you're a doctor. And um, it's called a TAM. It's this really funky looking kind of puffy, almost like a small chef's hat with a gold tassel. You know, it did look like that. When I, you sent me the picture, I was like, it looks like you're a chef. Yeah, but then I have my initials are put inside of the robe. And so it's mine to keep. And I cried happy tears when I saw that because my program, it's taken a lot of dedication and commitment. And I've worked really, really hard to get to this point. And to be able to pull my regalia out and to be like, this is mine. And once like I'm just a few months away from it, it's such a special feeling because like when I went through to do my master's, things got really overwhelming. Ezekiel was little and he was sick and I had to go through a lot of medical stuff with him and take him to all of these specialists. I mean, Chris, it was so much. He was he was six months old when I started my master's and I was supposed to graduate when he was 18 months old. And, and I did walk but I had one class left. But, you know, we were, well, my former husband and I, we were working with geneticists at Children's Hospital. We ended up having to go to Stanford for evaluations for him. Um, I had to take him to neurologists and have all of these really complex tests. And it was so overwhelming that I had to pause my program. And I didn't get to go back and finish until like 12 years later. And I always felt like, I'm never going to do that again. I, I need to persist through and complete the entire program at one time. And so I feel like I'm at the point where even though so many things in life have been overwhelming, I've been able to keep myself motivated and to stay on track. And I'm just like holding that graduation gown just felt like, oh my gosh, this was something I never thought I would accomplish. And it's within arm's reach. And it's just... I don't know. It feels so good. I bet it does. To actually see it on you and hold it. When we put it on for the first time, what'd that feel like? I, well, I took a bunch of pictures and I didn't like a bunch of them because I had no makeup on and um, my hair was kind of looking funky, but I just kept like touching the fabric of it just to take it in and looking at the colors. And, you know, growing up, I always had hopes of doing great things with my life. I didn't always know what that path was going to look like. But now I'm just a couple months away from graduating from one of our country's most elite universities with a doctoral degree. Like this is like the pinnacle for people that love education. This is like I don't even like it's like your Super Bowl. Like you can't get higher than a doctorate in education. It's literally saying like when people say, you know, how far did you go with your education? Well, by May, I'll say I went all the way. I mean, I got an EDD instead. I'm getting an EDD, which is a doctorate of education versus a PhD. The difference is mine is like a practitioner's degree. You solve a problem of practice and a PhD is mostly research. But I went all the way with my education. And, and I, just, I am very proud of you. Thank you. I'm very, very proud of you. Thank I, you. We're all, we're, we're all very, very proud. Aren't you guys proud of her too? We're thank all very you. proud of you. you thank know? you. And I know sometimes I get on here and I nerd out, but I just, 
I'm so grateful to have the opportunity. And um, yeah, I just, I really never thought that I would get to this point. And, you know, what's interesting is you've been along this journey every step of the way with me. We started dating, I think we mentioned this a week or so ago on the podcast. We started dating, um, well, I, I met you online the week after I submitted my application to USC. And we had started dating like a week, uh, maybe a week after or before. It was very close to when we started dating. So you so didn't have a choice. <laughs> so, ba- so basically, I'm your good luck charm is what you're saying. Well, um, sure. If that's what you want to say. Well, thanks, babe. I, uh, you're welcome. I should really be saying. <laughs> yeah, you're, wel- you're all welcome, really. And my graduation present will be... <sighs> My puppy. Oh, little fluffer. Yeah, I can't wait. We're going to get my puppy. So anyways, thank you all for hearing about our little uh, adventurous weeks. Lots of fun things happening. And just to reassure you all, no, we are not moving to the Middle East. Not yet. No, we're not (laughs) moving to the Middle East. Don't keep a door open on that. I know, I know. Yeah. So um, other than that, we've had some other really interesting things happen this week. And one of them is a really great guest that we interviewed. And we're really excited to bring you that interview today on today's show. Right, Chris? Absolutely. And we will have her on the show right after this. Hey there, K2 crew. We love having you as our loyal listeners. To keep up to date with what's happening behind the scenes, check us out on social media. Yeah, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter. And don't forget to follow our Facebook page. Yeah, tag us in your favorite fun stories. And guess what? You might just end up on the show. Today's episode is brought to you by Fanatics. Fanatics is the world's largest collection of official fan gear from all the leagues, teams, and players that you love. If you enjoy our show and are looking to buy, say, a new jersey, sweatshirt, or hat, you can support us by going to podgo.co slash fanatics and get 25% off your next order. That's podgo.co slash fanatics. So check out fanatics for your officially licensed everything. And welcome back, everybody. Our next guest is a certified addiction and trauma therapist, a relationship expert, and she also is a spiritual expert, and she's worked with celebrities and CEOs. Please welcome to the show, Audrey Hope. It is great to be here. We are so excited to have you on the show today. Thanks, Audrey. It's a pleasure. Hey, Audrey, how are you doing today? How's your, how's your day going? Well, it's going very well. I am, you know, really happy to talk about healing because the world is, really needs healing. Yeah, it definitely does. And, you know, the presidential inauguration was yesterday and the new presidential candidate was talking about that. And so what's your perspective on that? What kind of healing do you think needs to happen? Well, I've been working through COVID. I work at Seasons Rehab and I've been busier than ever. I mean, people are really freaking out. There's been a lot of fear and, you know, the potential of getting sick and having to stay home and all of these new issues have come up. And so I've been busier than ever. And um, I think there's, you know, when you heal, you have to understand that everything has to come out into the open. (laughs) So everything has come up. And so I want to tell your view, you know, your listeners, that's how you have to heal through everything coming out and showing itself. Ooh, that seems like a, a very rough process for some people. And um, where do you reside typically in like what area of the country? I'm in Malibu. Seasons is in Malibu. And I also have my own practice. In Malibu is where you're at? Located yeah, for your- in Malibu, but I have my own practice. I work on Zoom. I have clients all over the country and all parts of the world. Um, so what I do is my contribution is to look at the soul level of things. I say solve the riddle of the soul because you have problems and it's kind of like a labyrinth and you kind of get stuck in it. And I've got this gift to be able to see it on a deeper level, what's going on, because sometimes the problem is not what you think it is. So through the years, I've really developed a spiritual soul point of view and a soul diagnosis. And I think that's where we're headed in healing. Um, I work with doctors and 
It's just the missing piece in healing. So building off of that, Audrey, uh, in reading your bio, it says that you're an addiction specialist. And so speaking of the soul, what do you find when it comes to addiction and addictive personalities? What's at the root of that? Well, I always, I see it in a very interesting way because when a person comes in for addiction, it's almost like they start this healing journey. I always say on your knees, you begin to look up. So I have met the most incredible people who have who are suffering from addiction because it's like starting a spiritual journey, I say, from crucifixion to resurrection. So I take out the shame, I take out the guilt, and go to the reason they're there, which is to heal the self. Because that's the ultimate at the bottom of it is to heal the self and to know the power that we all have. So it's really an amazing journey with addicts uh, to see it at that level, that they can change and transform. I'm all about the transformation. I call it alchemy. You know, you, you can't just heal by talking. You have to go beyond the rational mind. So it gives addicts an amazing opportunity to change their whole life. And why addicts suffer? It's because they they didn't really heal what they were meant to heal. So the addiction, it looks like it's addiction, but there's always a deeper reason. Yeah. Now I, I'm thinking about like in in Hollywood that you hear stories of celebrities that are battling addiction. And one of the movies that Chris and I love watching together is the newer version of A Star is Born. And in it, it shows the the path of addiction of one of the, the lead characters. And he goes to rehab and it seems like they're just trying to treat the symptoms. But uh, I've always wondered, like, how long does it take when you're working with an addict to help them really, truly get on the path of recovery? Well, you know, they say 90 days in treatment because the brain has to heal. That's what it, that's the magic number. It's different for everybody, but you, you could be in India on a spiritual journey, or you could be in a rehab in Malibu or any el- anywhere else in the country. We all have to do the work. There is no escape now. And even what's happening in the world uh, politically and for all of us, you know, in a dark time, the eye begins to see, right? So we're all being forced to look at ourselves. And it's an interesting question I have for people with COVID, like, what have you learned from this experience? You know, how have you changed? Right. What, what has it brought up for you? And, it, and it's, there's a lot of amazing things that have happened to people during this time. Well, it sounds like you have some real expertise in this area. Let's back it up a little bit and find out a little bit about how you got started in this realm of supporting people's mental health. Well, that's I'm always asked that question. Um, you know, a funny thing happened on the way to the forum. Um, I <laughs> I was always um, on the track to to become my best self, and I was an actress in New York, and then I came Ooh. out to yeah, and then I came out. It was always about wanting, but the reason was I always wanted to speak up. I always wanted to help people. That, that was always my natural thing. And I worked in a clothing store in Santa Monica and it began because women would come in all sizes and shapes and not one woman, not one in all the years I worked there ever felt good about herself. And this affected me so much. And I said, I've got to do something about it. There must be some sort of brainwashing that's going on. So I started to investigate it from the level of the media, the level of society, the level of our history, his story. And I started to see something's going on. Interesting that we're dealing with brainwashing today too, right? Right. Um, um, So I started a TV show called Real Women, dedicated to positive role models in our media. And I was like one of the first on YouTube. <laughs> and really? I just want, yeah. And I wanted to tell people I would go out and put uh, posters on billboards. I would put all my tapes that I shot in the back of my car. I'd go to different studios. I mean, I was really passionate about just telling women they were brainwashed. 
And then that developed into a lot of those women that were in the clothing store would come and buy pants or a shirt, but then ask me things. And then they would bring their friends. <laughs> and so <laughs> then I started a, um, a woman's group every Monday night. Everyone could come, put a little money in the jar and that's how it started. And then I said, wow, I'm on to something here. I looked up, I said, I'm surrendered. Just tell me what you want me to do with all this. And then I had a, um, a phone call and I ended up going to Malibu and they, and they hired me. I, for 20 years, I've been doing this, wow. meeting people from all walks of life. It's, it's really fascinating um, because I like to get to the root of everything. And you ask why people use, there, there's so many reasons, but it is a loss of self. Sometimes it's trauma, tragedy, but you can't hide the problem in the closet, stand and say, don't come in. You have to heal it. You have to look at it. And if you do that, the truth will set you free. So speaking of that, like people having a loss of self and and taking part of addiction, Chris and I have had conversations before about people with what we've referred to as addictive personalities. And my mom has mentioned that addiction can be um, like genetic. What is your take on that? Do you think that addiction is inherited? Wow, that is such a good question. As a spiritual soul healer, I, I'm not so into the genetics. I am into the ancestral line, which is like what you're carrying, the karma you're carrying from the family. But I do believe that what's the secret to healing is how you treat yourself. And so let's say you do have the genetics of an, of an addictive mother or father. Well, you can do something with that. It doesn't have to be, you're not like a slave to it. If you do, it's a wake up call to do the work that your soul needs to do. So you don't have to carry that. But in my work too, I cut the ancestral lines of the family. And that sometimes could come up as one of the reasons why someone's suffering, but it's, it's, it's an illusion. The truth is we can heal anything and we have to become free to know that. Does that answer the question for you? Yeah, yeah, it does. It, um, I was going to say, Audrey, is that my grandparents were alcoholics. So my mom always wondered when I would drink a lot that she, that I would become a raging alcoholic like they did. Because like we're saying, with it being kind of like in, in, our, in our DNA, I guess, so to speak. But you're saying it's not really like that? I think that's a belief system. That's a belief system that if that your mom said that and you're kind of like now addicted to that belief system. You see? So I we get have it. to stop the beliefs that, that, you know, of thinking that that's true and because that's dangerous. You know, fear is dangerous too. It can affect the immune system. You have to be careful how you think because it creates things. That's the secret of manifestation. And it is true. They've done lots of scientific studies on this, people meditating all together and affecting things. And you know Dr. Emoto, who did experiments with water. Do you know about him? No, what do you do? I do. Yes. Go ahead. Yes, yes. What happened? He experimented with water and putting words on the water bottles um, and, you know, like grief or um, you're not good enough. And it changed the water crystals. He took pictures of the water crystals. So what you give to the water changes the water crystal. You know, we are, the water crystals are amazing, sacred geometry. They're beautiful. You can see them in his book, The Energy of Water or whatever. I forget the- Yeah, I read title, part of right? that for my doctoral program. Yeah. But yes, I think and Chris then, had a question for you. No, I, no, I just yes. want to know, what is the magic formula to make the water turn you into a better person? <laughs> I'm sorry. There's no easy, there's no magic oh, to that one. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll bottle it up for you, work. Chris. <laughs> That's the thing. We are a pill society and we think we could just make it easy. It, there's a lot of work to it. You see, we have to do the work and the work is to become the best self. So, but you were saying that the positive words created positive crystals. Can you remind me? It's been a while well, since I, I've read it, that. You, you you do know that the en energy of fear is very dangerous, right? 
Well, yeah, because we're all in COVID. That, right? It's toxic, because, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, look, look at right now. We're, we're in COVID and, and everybody's shut down and a lot of people aren't having it. Well, it's a vibrational frequency. So there's a difference between the vibration of fear and the vibration of hope. Okay. So negativity vibrates at a slower pace and positive energy makes this cell spin at a higher frequency and a faster rate. So fear and stress, you've heard that stress is the number one killer, right? Right. Right. So stress is an energy and it's not good for the immune system. You see? Are you listening, Chris? So you have to know what makes us, what makes us sick? We can make ourselves sick by our belief system. That is absolutely true. Really? Is that, yes. what, is that what kids do and when they want to go to school? No, it's what you do, Chris. <laughs> there is, that's why I'm wanting you to listen. So Chris and I, so I struggle with anxiety and um, not putting you on blast, honey, but Chris does have some anxiety challenges too. And one of the things we've talked about is the importance of staying positive. So tell us more about this, like the impact of fear on your health. Well, um, you just said something. You said you're both suffering from that, right? Now, I am not one to look at the general diagnosis. I happen to think that a diagnosis can be very dangerous. I would look into the specifics of it in each of you. I'm sure that you both have different reasons for this. So if you just want to take a pill for it and, and use the general diagnosis, it's, it'll just stay that way. You got to, we got to take a deep dive into what's really, really going on. You see, it's almost like if someone has a food disorder or eating problem, I'll look at everything besides the food. You know what I'm saying? So it's like addiction. If you just look at the level of how much are you drinking, we're going to get nowhere. I, we're going everywhere into it to figure it out. And both of you have this, it's in your nervous system and there's a reason for it. And so I would track it track it to where it began and then we could heal it. Wow. That's deep. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. Cause I know that my anxiety really peaked around COVID. And so I know that it's related to, and we're not alone. Right. You know? Right. Of course. But, um, is it, is it gotten to the point where it's very, uh, where it's really affecting your life and it's getting to the point where it's, you know, something's happening because of that that's a call to heal something. You see? Right. Yeah. So I look at all as just a wake up call. The, the, the alarm clock is on and you have to look at it. And, you know, with addiction, I've seen, we, we are an amazing facility seasons. The team is incredible because we, we don't just take one approach. We have different modalities, all pieces of a pie. And so that's, we don't just have them go to AA or anything like that. It's to look at the whole person and to dive in and see what's going on. Uh, are you allowed to say some examples of uh, cases you've had to deal with? I have worked with a lot of celebrities. Um, so I'm is that to think is of the your, ones I can say? Um, is your location like, like the ones when the celebrities say like they had a breakdown and they went into rehab? And seasons is kind of one of those places that they one might land. Places. Yeah, we've had oh, okay. we've had a, we've had a few of those. Yes, um, it's, it's it's a strict confidentiality thing. I'm trying to think offhand. That's okay. Was, we don't want um, to jeopardize your career. But it is um, interesting to um, also a lot of famous football players, baseball players, um, because when they the you know fame, I say is a curtain. And, you know, it all looks good, but you still have to heal the problems. It's just in a nicer, comes in a nicer package. <laughs> so it's still the same. You can't hide Audrey, from your stuff. I, okay. I, I mean, I hate to go too doom and gloom here, but um, what happens with some of these celebrities, uh, musicians I've seen recently have taken their own lives. And a lot of people on the outside see like this guy's got everything he is like a billionaire rock star you know top of his league and he uh ends it all you know they try to figure out what what usually causes someone like something like that to happen um i worked with the uh, the one who died from lincoln park right um the the problems of childhood 
the problems of childhood are never resolved. A lot of times there's, there's trauma that is so deep and then life, you, you know, you, you get famous, you have all that stuff and then it's like a, a haunting, you're still haunted by your childhood trauma and so you have to, you have to know that. You can't put a cover on it. So that's what happens. They get all that fame. The musicians that I knew who, who killed themselves, committed suicide, there were some really deep problems. Mm. And I'm sure drugs and alcohol probably kicked that into another, another level, right? Well, that's a good thing too because what happens is there's a portal opening of negative energy that happens with an addict. You lose your mind, really. And then anything could happen. So I've done a couple of exorcisms too. Wow. You know, if you really look at an addict's eyes, it's pretty scary. I mean, when they're really in the thick of the addiction and they say to me, well, I hear a voice. These voices tell me things. I've heard that a lot. That's because you're, you're out of your mind. You're out of your grounded body and anything can happen where, you know, the negativity gets in. So that's the truth about addiction and addicts is that the, the, the drugs make it dangerous because of the portal opening to negative energy. You know, it's interesting. So I grew up in a, a very conservative Christian household, but my mom would always talk to me about like, don't let the devil get a foothold. And she would talk to me about um, negative thinking or um, because we did have the family history of alcoholism, like about the importance of being careful and being mindful of what you're bringing into your body. And so, you know, I know that some of our listeners are very strong in their faith background also. And when they hear things like exorcism, it might be something where they're like, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to listen to this. I don't want to go down that road. But I think it's really important to recognize that, you know, there is a, a spiritual world that we live in. And, you know, even if you're really strong in your faith and a Christian, like we talk about the forces of good and evil, and it's not far-fetched to think that those impact us when we're in our darkest times. Well, I, I didn't start out wanting to learn about this. Okay, no one, no one told me about it. I found this on my own, organically. And I was, one of the, I was talking spirituality for years. Nobody was listening. Now it's all of a sudden, you know, people are doing yoga, they're doing all this, all this other stuff. But I was alone at the beginning telling people that there's, there's a soul, there's a higher level to things. So I'm not afraid anymore. You know, I've done a YouTube show. I have a YouTube show. I'm not, I'm, I, I, I'm not afraid of what people think. I just speak the truth of, as I see it. And having been, I've had to learn about this because there, when you're with an addict, sometimes there could be multiple personalities. I've had someone say, you know, we don't like you, Audrey, you know, and, and I was like, what is this? And on my own, I said, there's an energy here that creates from the drugs. So yes. And, and speaking of Christianity, one of the reasons, like if you said, what are the reasons people use is a lot of it has to do with the belief system of sin and punishment. That is very heavy in, in, in with people and they suffer from feeling they're not good enough. So it's interesting that you bring up that. It, it's one of the reasons people drink and use drugs because they can never get it right. And the deep belief system of the religion has gone into them and it's created some negative impact. Hey, did you know that I believe uh, Christine told me, I think Utah has a very high, I mean, they're a big Mormon community in Utah and they have a very high, what is it? The uh, rate of pornography use among the men. Mm-hmm. Right. And addiction and things like that too. Yes. Because if you try and become too extreme in another, you're going to get a rebellious side. Remember the sixties came after the fifties, right? Right. And I have met a lot of, I've worked with a lot of clergy. Okay. One was, one was gay, didn't tell anyone. One told me she didn't even believe in God. Wow. So, you know, where is the false self versus the authentic self, which is also happening today 
in our politics with a lot of brainwashing. I'm doing a deep study on why people are getting brainwashed. It has to do with, you can't brainwash people who live in their authentic selves, who really are free in themselves. And that's an important thing. So, so is that, how does that come into play with the events that we recently saw pan out with the Capitol insurrection? That's all brainwashing of a belief systems canon. And these groups are people who really believe fake news. And I studied that this is something that Hitler had incorporated. Everything was mind control. So it's the question is how come people are sheep? How come they 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 would get into these kinds of things? And so I'm doing a deep dive into that. And as I started with women, why are you brainwashed? You're not good enough. You, you're not skinny enough. You know, same thing now. Healing America through freedom, freedom of the self. So in speaking about these um, brainwashings and manipulations, beyond your deep study, do you have experience in working with groups yes. coming out of yes. um, these? I don't, it sounds almost cultish. Very, very much so. I've worked with a lot. I've worked with Scientologists. Um, I had a client who was very, very famous cult. And again, it, it, it's just all problems are the same. You have to get to the root of it and you have to bring the person back to themselves. I say that there's a division. What happens is you leave the self. I call it a soul wound. It's something that happens very young. And what's dangerous is not what other people do to you, but what you do to yourself because of it. So let's say at a young age, you had a critical mother or father, and you can go heal that in therapy. But the dangerous part is how you're critical to yourself. So all the healing that I do is to bring the person back from the two into the center of themselves. So that's what a cult does. It divides you and you stop believing in yourself. And so it's, um, you have to bring the person back so they can think constructively and make decisions that are based on their heart and not what someone tells them. So what makes somebody fall victim to joining a cult? Like what are kind of the things that they would do to kind of bring somebody in, like a new, like recruit somebody? How would they do that? Well, I guess there would have to be a certain type of person who could be susceptible, someone who's depressed, angry, alone, COVID, people are home alone. They're looking for some answers. It's been a very scary world. So they very easily susceptible to, let's say, a group that says, oh, this is going to happen. We're all together. Join us. And so the loneliness, the, you know, not having a partner, feeling angry at the world, feeling scared, being fearful, that's an open doorway for someone to be able to be part of the group. It's like gang mentality, you see? Gang mentality is like a family. And K-Anon specifically is like a treasure um, the treasure hunt. They give you, it's like a game and it gives you something to do. Join us and we'll give you an next clue. We'll give you a K drop, a Q drop, and you follow along. So it's like, if you're bored, wow, I found something. Right. So that's, that's what's happening there. And this whole thing where, where the K Anon group thought that Trump was going to be elected again and that the Democrats were going to be uh, arrested are now having a hard time with that because it didn't come true the way it was said. But yeah, this, is all, this is all Hitler stuff. This is all mind control. Um, Goebel um, had, Hitler was all about repeating the same thing over and over again, tiring the mind so that you go, okay, I'll believe it. Right. I, I kind of get you with that. I mean, you almost can say that, that there are, Subculture, almost anything can be a cult. You can you can point that at, at, at any any kind of club or any kind of religion, really, if you really wanted to. You can break it down that way. Even spiritual people, you know, a lot of spiritual people have been taken over by these groups. 
you know, and that's, I'm looking into that too. And I'm wondering why did that happen? The people that should know have been on this journey for a long time. And, um, I think it's, a um, a little bit to do with, um, with ego too. You know, maybe they feel, wow, we know something you don't. Oh yeah. Um, you see, so it's, um, the more light you have, the more good you do in the world, the more you're attacked. Did you know that? Yeah, it's also with success too. I think um, if you are a little more successful than say you're somebody else, you all automatically put a target on your back. Um, you know. Yes, true. But on a spiritual level, it has to do with as you rise up in light, the opposite comes to challenge you. It's like using more weight at the gym, right? Right. It's just the way of it. You know, people think you go and you go to Nirvana and you're happy and you found the way through all these new things, right? I'm, I'm yoga, I'm going to church, I'm Kabbalah, whatever it is. They don't understand the true path is that it's it's difficult. You're always going to be challenged. It's like somebody coming out of rehab. Well, great. You, you found the answers you figured yourself out, but now you have to go back to the town. Right. And you have to go keep it. You have to keep the realization that you just found. And that becomes step number two, mm -hmm. right? So me being on this path and watching how my gifts developed, there's been a lot of challenges. And now I understand why, just to make me stronger so that I will not be taken over by anything. I'll stay in the truth and all that. So that's the true journey. The true journey is, is, is to keep, to know the challenges in the storm and keep in the boat. It's really interesting what you were just talking about, about the higher that you rise, the more forces there are against you. Because I've heard frequently over the past year or year and a half, why do bad things happen to good people? But yes. what it sounds as if you're saying is, it's not that bad things happen to good people. It's that the more you're striving to better yourself and your surroundings, the more opposition you'll face. It's it's not the path of least resistance. It's the path of most resistance, it sounds like. And that is the truth. And that is one of the things I want to tell people is to understand that. So when it happens, you're not get, you're not thrown off. You say, oh, thank you. <laughs> you must, you're honoring me. You're giving me another challenge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. And because I know Chris and I, we've talked about that over the past year as we've really solidified our relationship and we made the decision to um, get engaged and get married, that it seemed like as soon as we moved in together, <laughs> that we started to hit all of these obstacles. We had two floods at the house. We had to cancel. Wait, are you saying we're cursed? No, <laughs> no. I'm actually relating with what Audrey's saying is that as we started to build this new positive thing that was bringing so much value to our life in terms of our relationship and our family, we really started to face ongoing barriers and obstacles that if we would have fallen victim to them would just have made us feel so downtrodden. But what I noticed is, um, Chris, it's actually related to you. Like the first flood, you were like, we were both really upset. But by the second flood, we were like, okay, you know, we'll, we'll, well figure I, out. No, how to I was upset. It. I remember you, I, was, I was angry. You, you know? were, but then when we had to move out of the house while they did the repairs, you were like, okay. And I mean, we had friction at moments, but it's like the more opposition we face, the more we understand that we're not immune to it. And that's called alchemy. <laughs> alchemy is like a process. Like you, you get together. It's, and it's interesting with relationships too, because there's different stages of it. You know, it's right. all good at the beginning, the honeymoon. And then, you know, you move in together and then you start to see things, things happen. And then how do you navigate through that? And then issues come up and that's step three. And then number four is you might heal and be in madness a little bit too. And then five is true love. Like there's stages of it. It's not like you walk off into the sunset happily ever after. So the alchemy is relationships where the alchemy means everything dissolves, separates, and then gets purified and unites in the process. So there's that's relationships too. And that is to bring you to higher love more no knowledge about each other to have true love, you see? 
Yes. Oh, okay. I actually <laughs> love that song, Higher Love, and I sing it in the car all the time. There it's you like go. the Whitney Houston uh, remake. They have a, a new one, and I think about that, and I never, now every time I listen to that song, which is like <laughs> 10 times a day, I'm going to think about you that every time Chris and I have friction and we learn how to move through it. What, what friction are we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> that it's just because we're in the process of alchemy. I'm going to use alchemy, that. Exactly. Yes. Spiritual um, relationship alchemy. And, you know, I, I'll help people before they get married and I'll say, listen, we got to take care of this because it might not be here now, but you know, wait a year from now. Right. And um, so it's, you know, they always show happily ever after, but yeah. they never show you what happens after that. Exactly. I love the Hallmark <laughs> movies because they stop at the happy. <laughs> but, right. But we're wondering, Audrey, with all of your giftings and, and talents in a number of different areas, are there any recent projects that you've been working on to put your giftings to work that you can share with us? Well, I'm developing a TV show. I've done a lot of shows um, and I'm developing a show called The Spiritual Huntress, which is kind of like a um, most wanted show, except from the level of the soul. And we're developing it now, a production company found me and we're developing it. So that's happening. Wow. And um, I'm always doing you know, TV and, you know, interviews now speaking about healing. Mm -hmm. um, so yes, but wonderful. But putting um, a, a real TV show that's very balanced together on this um, is, is always been my dream. So I wanted to tell people how to have a better life. You that's know, so. awesome. Now, okay, I have a question because I think that you can help clear up some misconceptions for myself and for Chris and for our listeners. So um, in your bio, I've read that you are a psychic medium. And my only experience with psychics <laughs> is um, late at night when I'm watching TV and it's like the 1-800 numbers where you can come and get your palm read. Well, not palm read, but like people tell your future or on like on movies in Hollywood and stuff where they portray these really kind of extreme examples. But what does your work actually look like? I think you mentioned something about a missing child case recently. Yeah, yeah I had a missing child case, which, which I'll say, but I, I, I want to just address your question. So my um, heart is pure in helping people. It always has been. It's just like something I was, I know I'm here to do. So I always wanted to get better at it. So because of the intention is pure, I needed, sometimes let's say a client came in and said, well, my mom passed away or my dad passed away and we never finished what we had to say. So I was like, okay, well, wouldn't that be great if I could help them with that? Because nothing else is going to help unless we resolve that relationship. So through my desire to have more um, access to different areas, sometimes a past life. I mean, the stories just go on and on like that. They don't, sometimes they don't make sense why someone has a phobia or I had this client who was obsessed with the ex-wife of her husband. And the woman was like 300 pounds, not attractive. And in the past life, they were sisters and I had research and then it made sense. They were carrying that energy to this life. So because I wanted to help in other ways, I started, my gifts started to develop mm. so that I could look at all these other areas. This missing child case that just came to me last week or the week before was a family that they were, they had the FBI, CIA, couldn't find the child. What I got was the child was going to be, the was fine. And that was hard for me because I didn't want to take say something if it wasn't true. Because right. that's really not fair to the parents. But the the voice was so strong. I kid you not, the father got on the phone and said he just heard from the from the girl and she was fine. And then I said she's wow. gonna come back within three days. And she showed up at the door the next day. Wow. And that was something that was, you know, given to me. I heard the messages and sometimes I'll hear things if it helps somebody. And, you know, I was, I was just on Jeff Lewis, a radio show and I had all these people call me about their relatives who passed away. <laughs> and I just was like, 
um, I helped, I helped them. Um, this one uh, couple wanted to move into a house. They, the mother passed away. They felt so guilty. And so um, I said, no, and, and it, it, you really meant to have the house. I said, is there a picture that fell off the wall to know that you're, it's all good? And the next day the picture fell off the wall. Like sometimes I'll get like real signs that, you know, a relative is really in, in the vicinity. <laughs> wow. So this is, this is no joke for me. I, I can only say that it's real through my testimonials, through the hundreds of people that I've worked with who would vouch and say, well, yeah. <laughs> and I, and, and it happened. So, um, I just go from my heart with it and, um, try to help the person if they need to speak to someone on the other side. I, you know, there's so much more than this life. Right, um, right. You know, it's, it's, it's true and time to open up to these uh, wow. ideas, you know, and there's a deeper reason for COVID too. So Audrey, with all that you've shared, it sounds like you have a number of gifts and talents that could be beneficial for some of our listeners that are working through hard things right now. Where can they find you, not just your shows, but where can they connect with you if they're interested in you know, learning more about your services? AudreyHope.com. And uh, AudreyHope.com. And they can you know, even purchase a session on, online on, this, on the website. Oh, that's so, fantastic. Um, a lot of my um, ideas and stuff is on my website. Wonderful. And what would you say for our listeners about how to, like what nugget of knowledge could you leave them with about um, if they're navigating fear as it relates to COVID right now? I'm going to say something so simple. Okay. Get out in nature (laughs) and breathe fresh air Mm -hmm. and look at the trees, look at the sunset and know that, you know, life is going to go on. We're going to, we're going to get through this and that better days are ahead. So I would say go out in nature and start living again as best you can. Well, thank you so much. Those are some great words of hope from Audrey Hope. And we have... Hey, is, your, is your really your last name Hope or, you just, or is it... Uh, you it's don't ask. Mi- no, it's, it's my middle name. Isn't okay. See? See? But I love it. Words of Hope from Audrey Hope. There that, you go. that should be your new show. There I you love go. it. Yeah. And we have loved having you on the show today and learning about you and educating ourselves about things we've had misconceptions about. Right, Chris? Absolutely. And so thank you so much for being on the show. And listeners, you can find Audrey at AudreyHope.com or find any one of her shows that she mentioned. And we'll definitely leave them in the show notes for you to check out too. Thanks so much, Audrey. Thank you. It was a pleasure. The Pod Breed Network is strictly for the small podcasts that are up and coming in the vast world of podcasting. Podbreed is made up of many diverse podcasts coming together to achieve the same goal of being the best damn podcast network on the planet. Find out more at podbreed.com. Well, that was a super interesting interview, right, Chris? Audrey was great. I loved having her on the show today. Yeah, I really liked what she was saying about like understanding how addiction doesn't have to be genetic, but like breaking that pattern of thinking. Because I know that in growing up, I always thought like, am I going to become addicted to something because it's in my DNA? And I felt like it was almost unavoidable. And like, like it was this, no matter what was going to happen, if I touched alcohol or whatever, I was going to end up being an like, alcoholic. You're talking like one drink, all of a sudden you're like raging off alcoholic. By yeah, I mean, one- it's like in, when you think that it's in your blood, you kind of grow up with this fear. And, you know, when Audrey was talking about how, you know, it really, a lot of these types of behaviors are rooted in fear. It just really made me reflect on that. Like, And I the even, whole country is in a big fear right now, the whole COVID thing. Well, yeah. And I even think about like, I mean, being vulnerable here when we're in the evenings and I think about, you know, you've told me that you had some family history of alcoholism and I I have in my family too. And like, if I see you having a second drink, I get so much fear that this is going to be the night that you all of a sudden become an alcoholic. Whoa, just like that, huh? Yes. In a flash, like you split. Right. Well, and, and I think that that goes back to what Audrey's saying about you have to change your thinking about that, where I have to really speak clearly and rationally to myself around like 
while you are thinking this and it's a thought in your head, it is a thought based in fear and not reality. And I think that that would probably help me. You'd probably appreciate it too because I'm not going to be like, are you sure you're going to need that second beer right now? I know. I I hate it when you say that. Gosh, I'm like, it's having a second beer. My goodness. I'm not going anywhere. But in my head, it's like the distance between second beer and alcoholic is like- The same thing. Yes, it is. And so that really helped me reflect on even the way that I approach certain things in life. So what I'm saying is thank you, Audrey, for helping me to be a bit more enlightened about the way that- I think about addiction and fear and trauma. It really has opened my eyes a lot. That's great. We all need our eyes to be opened a little bit more. We absolutely do. And thank you all for tuning in this week and listening along with us. And uh, we will include all of the information about how you can find Audrey Hope in our show notes. And just as a reminder, any of our information about our podcast and where you can find it and fun stories about us can be found at our website, which is www.chrisandchristineshow.com and that's Chris and Christine with K's. With the K's. Chris and Christine Show. And we'll be back next week with another fantastic guest and we'll see you then. Remember this week that life is too short to wake up in the morning with regret. So love the people who treat you right. Forget about the ones who don't and believe that everything happens for a reason. If you get a chance, take it. If it changes your life, let it. Nobody said that it would be easy. They just promised it would be worth it. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm Chris. And I'm Christine. And until next week, keep moving forward.